You're listening to the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. Step inside some of the most forward-thinking minds in solar today. This show explores a deeper side of solar each month as Freedom Forever leaders sit down with CEOs, activists, and other solar experts to break the solar industry wide open. We'll discuss solar trends, news, and everything you need to know about how you can join us on the path of disruption. This is the Solar Disruption Theory. Hey everyone, welcome to the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. I'm Sean, and with me as always is Jules from our marketing department. She's uh, new to the show, and we're just so happy that she's back for her third episode. Yay! Yeah, we're, we're very we're excited to have you. We're keeping it rolling. Yes, we're keeping it rolling. You're a part of the show now. You are a full-fledged podcaster. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> uh, today, we are very, very thrilled to have the opportunity to chat with Dave Rosenfeld, who is the Executive Director of the Solar Rights Alliance. Dave has been a community organizer for over 20 years and believes people power is the best way to overcome special interests. Dave, thank you so much for being here. We are so honored to have you. I'm psyched to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of great guests and, you know, I think this is one of the areas that we're really, you know, wanting to talk about and really get into, you know, kind of the rights of, of solar owners. Absolutely. That's right. Um, That's right. So uh, why don't you give me a little bit of background on on how you started out with the Solar Rights Alliance? Yeah. So, you know, we, as you said, we are the Association of California Solar Users, nonprofit organization. We started only two and a half years ago. We believe everyone has the right to make energy from the sun on their property without unreasonable interference by the utility or the government. And we're new because it's only been very recent that California has over 1 million solar installations, solar rooftops. Right. And, you know, go back just 13 years ago before Governor Schwarzenegger and the legislature said, let's go big on solar. There was only like 20,000 solar installations at that point. Right. And it's exploded in the last 13 years, thanks to good policies and great entrepreneurs and the technology and just the price dropping. And so now all these people have solar. And yet um, the utilities now see it as a threat. And so they're doing everything that they can um, to make it harder and more expensive for people to choose solar energy. And so we realized a couple of years ago, you know, we got to fight back. And there's actually enough of us out there that we can fight back. We have a big enough voice and it's only going to get bigger. So we said, let's start an organization that stands up for everyone's right, that empowers the individual consumer to be able to speak up and make their voice heard so that we can stand up to the utility monopoly and bring about the solar revolution in the way that it really ought to be happening. That's so awesome and so needed. And I, I think everybody in the state of California who wants to go solar, who has gone solar or, you know, even thinking about it has, a, you know, they have a lot of thanks to give you guys because you've made so many waves in this industry. I mean, you know, there's a, I saw an article on your, your website. Uh, I think it was yesterday uh, and it was solar helped save California's butt last month was the title of it. And, and, <laughs> and I, th- I think that, that's completely accurate. Can you can you talk a little bit about that that article? Totally. Yeah. So that you know, so solar helped save California's butt last month, and in fact, solar helped saves California's butt every single day. So we wrote that article because uh, the New York Times did a piece last week that reported that during the outages last month, state officials from the CPUC and the Energy Commission and whatnot mm-hmm. called up the solar industry 
the, the Solar Industry Association, CALSA, and was literally begging them to get the people who have batteries to discharge their batteries onto the grid so that they could get more juice onto the grid because the system was basically breaking down. Wow. And, and the industry and the customers delivered. So I think, as you know, we have a million solar rooftops, but battery storage is still growing. So there's maybe about 30,000 battery installations out there. Right. But the cool thing, even with that relatively small amount, um, when they finally mobilized into action the next day, we got 300 megawatts of battery of stored battery energy onto the grid. And just to give you a sense of that, the, the one natural gas plant that went down that basically threw the whole system upside down, that was only 500 megawatts of lost energy. So if the state had actually thought of solar users and especially solar and storage as an asset, rather than you know, basically towing the utility line, they could have planned ahead and we could have prevented that whole outage from happening to begin with. Right. Now imagine if the state actually just said, let's get a million solar powered batteries onto the grid and let's do it in the next five years, which is what we've been saying for years. We, it's not that power outages would become a thing of the past, but they would start to become a thing of the past. So we're well on our way. So we're saving the state's butt every single day. We could be doing it more if the utility, we can take away their power and get state leaders to finally embrace what just is staring at them in the face. Absolutely. And that's been a big topic of conversation, especially in California, that we've been seeing um, is talking about uh, battery storage. Yeah. We've been we've been doing a couple blogs on it. it it's really um, been quite the topic of conversation. So I, you know, I love that you brought that up and that you had that article. Um, what are some of the ways that you guys are helping to encourage that movement? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing, and I just want to be clear is more solar, way more solar. Mm -hmm. So we want solar and batteries, but just even people who just are choosing solar right now, because I want, you know, people are listening and a lot of them are maybe thinking about getting solar or they only have solar. You're also helping to save California's butt. I just want to stop there for just a second and then I'll answer your question. Sure. Because the other part of the story, by the way, is that I'll just give you an example on August 14th. Okay, at three o'clock in the afternoon, this is one of the first days of the rolling outages when the load on the grid was enormous and the grid was starting to break down. Um, had there been no solar, if we didn't have a million solar rooftops, then the grid would have had to have supplied 5,000 more megawatts than it had to, and the problem would have been a lot worse. So we're keeping load off the grid because people are making their own energy. Right. And we need more of that, way more of that. So we should have millions more people generating solar. So now to your point, which is going like, when you pair the solar with the battery, mm -hmm. then basically it's a flex alert on speed, right? It, it's, it's you're, you're getting a lot of personal benefit from that because you're keeping your lights on, you're storing your own extra energy at home or at your business, and then you can use it at night rather than having to pay the utility time of use rates. But then the benefit to the community is that when it, they really need the energy um, because there's an outage, a fire, an earthquake, a terrorist attack, whatever it is that's going to be going to happen, um, you can discharge that battery to the grid. And the benefit of that, once you start to aggregate it together, is that's a power plant onto its own. And the best part about it is we can get that onto the grid whenever we need to. It's not just when the sun is shining. And so that works in the winter when it's nighttime, the sun's not going up, going down. So that's what that's about. And we and already people are getting batteries. So there's a lot of installers that are saying right now in certain markets, over 60% of their sales right now are solar plus batteries. We're in the middle of a massive price drop. The same kind of price drop that we saw a decade ago when solar went from $4 a watt to 40 mm -hmm. cents a watt. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that right now with batteries. But it's midstream. It's not happening fast enough. And this time, 
there's a bunch of special interests with the utilities and then their cronies at the CPUC and their lackeys in the legislature who are standing in the way of really supercharging that price drop with the batteries so that we can get more people to take it. Now, what's amazing is despite those obstacles, people are still calling for batteries. When we right. talk yeah. to installers, they, they have so much business right now. But those are still just early adopters. It's a drop in the bucket to what we could be doing to make solar and battery storage just standard for anybody, regardless of their income level. And that's where we need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know that, you know, uh, the SEIA has made 2020 the year of solar plus storage. And and I think that this gets brought up a lot with, especially in California, with the rolling blackouts. And, you know, you talked about power outages, but then again, with, with the fires, I mean, we have so many fires going on right now in California, set over 7,600 incidents, over almost 2.5 million acres burned. I mean, there's fatalities. I mean, thousands of structures lost. When it comes to the the battery discussion, what's it going to take to get this to be more streamlined? Yeah, well, it, it's certainly not a problem of consumer demand or consumer interest. The people are there. The people have been there for a long time. They want more energy choices. They want more control. They are tired power outages. They want the technology to be able to use the sun's energy and use it, store it in their house and their business and their school and all that kind of stuff. Right. So the people are already there. The problem is and the, and the industry is there. The technology is there. The entrepreneurialism is there. We have an incredibly competitive market with you know just tons of companies doing their thing and selling and all that kind of stuff. But the problem is purely one of policy. It's the people that sit at the top: the PUC, the governor, the legislature. And what they all they could do is just literally do the same exact thing that we did for solar a decade ago, which is just have a rebate, a simple rebate that would be available to everyone that gets a battery mm -hmm. and um, it, would, it would buy down the cost of the battery by 50% and, or it could be a tax credit if you want it to be, it could be whatever you want it to be, but something like that, that for the next seven years just buys down that cost of that battery. And the money just happens very, very fast. You buy the battery, there's a little bit of paperwork, boom. The state has tried to do that now um, twice and it just keeps failing. Um, you know, it takes years to even get the rebate in place. This is the S-CHIP program. Mm -hmm. um, but then this last year, the PUC basically repurposed it for a more narrow use that was still good, but it misses the point. Um, and then even currently the S-CHIP program, which is, you know, again, this modified, very narrow, not good enough rebate. It takes months and months and months for the money, sometimes over a year for the money to get to the consumer. Wow. And we should just be doing this like right away. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, People have to wait weeks, months, sometimes over a year for the utility to connect the battery to the grid. So the interconnection delays are just rampant. So it's time to just start over for the governor to just say, we're going to have a rebate. It's going to be available to everybody. It's going to last for seven years. There's going to be enough money to last for seven years. And we're going to anticipate demand correctly. We're going to take the administration of the rebate out of the hands of the utility who clearly are either incompetent or they have bad intentions. We're going to put it in the hands of a single entity, one-stop shop. The money gets to the consumer right away. And we're going to ride the utilities, ride herd on them until they get interconnections down to two weeks max for every single battery system. Yes. The governor could that. do that today. And yet every time he's been given a chance to do that, he starts talking about other things. And so it's obvious either he's in the pocket of the utilities or he just has bad advisors who are giving him bad advice. I want to assume good intentions with this governor because it's obvious he cares about climate change. He's got a big job. It's a hard job. Yes. Um, but it's obvious something is not getting through. And we, the public, 
have to get through to him that the solution is staring at him in the nose and he should fire the advisors who are telling him otherwise and put in people who are ready to tackle the very significant problems in the state and harness the solutions that are right there in front of us. Absolutely. 100% agreed. And I know that the SRA focuses on, I know it's a very large California organization. Is this happening across the country? There are, yeah, there are a lot of stuff going on around the country that is like the Solar Rights Alliance. There's a dynamite organization called Solar United Neighbors that works in about 12 other states um, from Florida to Arizona to New Jersey. And we actually share a lot of our ideas and strategies for how to reach out and mobilize and educate solar users and Great. give them action. We, we have what's called a solar lab, um, literally a laboratory where our staff get on the phone um, every couple of weeks and we compare data and notes and strategies and best practices. And um, and so it's a great partnership. And obviously what we want is just one 50 state you know, organizing machine. Right. And it really doesn't matter whether it's one organization or two organizations or three. We're building the kind of connective tissue that allows all of us organizers to be able to work to mobilize what hopefully will be 14, 15, 20 million solar users in the next decade. Right. Yeah, it's only going to increase. And, you know, I love that you had mentioned education because that's, you know, some that's really a pillar of our marketing at Freedom. We want to educate first because it's it. we've had this conversation that it's a very in-depth story, solar, yes. going solar. And curious like what some of the educational programs are that you put in place like you know you were saying that you get people on the phone you know what are what are some other tools that you're using what are the what do those conversations look like yeah that's a good question so i completely agree with you that education is key and you know i mean first off the best education is when somebody is in their neighborhood and they see somebody else who has solar absolutely we know that like that that word of mouth is just crazy. It's how it all happens. That's the magic of solar is you see it and you go, huh, I've heard about that. Now somebody's got it. I want it. How's that going to work? Right. So that already people are thinking and talking about it and with the outages and everything, there's more of that kind of thing. So what we want, and we also know that there's a, there's a market out there in California, especially there's companies like freedom forever. And there's hundreds of companies that are out there talking about solar. So there's no need to replace that. We don't need to do that. What we want to do is just be a place where people can go as a, a third-party nonprofit organization where we have you, the consumer, that's the only thing that we have in mind, to be able to just give good information and, and tips and a method for how people should be able to get the information they need. So if you go to our consumer guide on our website, which is solarrights.org, um, we have a consumer guide. We'll go, how to find an installer that works for you. And one of the things we'll say is get three bids. It's kind of common sense stuff. If you're going to hire a plumber, an electrician, or right. a contractor to do a remodel, you want to get yourself three bids. We'll say, you know, here's the certifications you ought to look for. Um, we'll give a little bit of tips mm-hmm. about like the kinds of solar systems. There's also a lot of other stuff that's published on the web. So we curate a little bit of that and go, these are some good other guides that you ought to take a look at. For people that already have solar, one of the top questions that we get is just, I'm interested in batteries. You know, can I do that? So we've got our six tips for how to look around for battery storage. What are the questions you ought to ask yourself? And what are the products that are out there? And how can you get familiar with that? What do you need to know? What do you not need to know? What should the installer be telling you? What's the red flag if the installer isn't telling you that information? Right. Back to your point, Jules, about information and education. We want people to find installers that value that kind of thing. And so, you know, so forth and so on. And that's the kind of thing that we like to put out. And then we also try to just make ourselves as accessible as possible. I hate well, my pet peeve is customer service hell, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, yes. y- you can't get someone on the phone or you email and it goes into a black hole 
And, you know, I just hate that kind of thing. So we try to model that by like, if somebody emails with a question, we get back to them within 24 hours. If somebody calls, we call them right back. Um, you know, even if the answer is, I don't know. Right, <laughs> we right. want to be able to yeah. just do that really, really quickly. And just creating a culture of responsiveness and just going like, this is awesome. You're interested. We want to help you. Yes. And um, so that that's, that's, that's the role that we try to play. We keep everything on the website. We keep it free and open to everybody. And, um, and, and that's, that's our approach. And I think that's so important because, you know, this, so, and you, this is no secret to you either. This, the solar industry is just riddled with crazy stories of, you know, uh, unethical practices and, and kind of some shady deals. And, and one of the goals of, of freedom forever, and that's how this podcast actually came about is kind of, uh, you know, remo- removing the shroud uh, uh, around the industry and and making it more legitimate. And you know, when I hear people like you who have the, you have this great organization that's really out there to help people go solar, stay solar, and and thrive with solar. You know, it's great to hear that you're putting out all these resources to help the customers out, help these consumers that really, you know, there's there's a lot of questions out there and, and they might not have the right way to get them. Or the only people in their area are maybe those shadier. Uh, guys that are not, not not telling the whole story. So, you know, we really appreciate people like you that are really just lifting the veil on the industry and, you know, the ins and outs and what people do need to know and what they don't need to know maybe. Um, so yeah, we, we truly appreciate that because that's, again, one of our biggest goals is to just educate people. And that's something that seems like you're very passionate about as well. Yeah, that's right. Like Like every industry, there are great actors, and there are bad actors, right? And so every industry has got this this problem, and um, so it, that's going to exist. And so, you know, the whole caveat emptor, you know, the Ralph Nader thing way back in you know a million years ago, <laughs> um, you know, it applies. And so we want to just help people know what are the kinds of questions to ask, um, so that they can feel great about their investment. Because we know that nine point nine times out of ten, you make the investment. And it's awesome, you know, life changing. And we want that endorphin rush and all of the very serious, significant benefits that help to cut their energy bills, give them more independence, give them a way to contribute to fighting pollution and climate change to just make that be just win, 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 win. And education, as you say, and having people be smart about their choice is the path to doing that. Right. And uh, so your membership, I think, you know, they're pretty lucky to, to have an organization like you. But speaking of the membership, uh, I read something in the past. You would kind of uh, you've been compared to the NRA as far as your your goals on membership and your views. Um, and you had said something to the likes of uh, when somebody buys a gun, they become a member of the NRA. That's just that's a thing. And that's kind of your focus as well. You want somebody who goes solar as a member. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And just. Um, since you brought up that analogy, um, because, you know, we live in very polarized times. I want to make yes. sure that your listeners don't mistake because I'm sure half of half of probably Solar Rights Alliance members are sympathetic to the NRA. I would suspect just as solar users are very diverse and half probably are not. So and, 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 and very vociferously don't like the NRA's agenda. So just to be clear. It's an analogy, folks. That's yes. it. <laughs> and, the ana- and, the, and, the, and the analogy that we're, we're drawing here is that say what you will about the NRA, um, even if you, 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 you dislike them with a passion, legitimately, they are one of the country's largest grassroots organizations. They mobilize people, and they have mechanisms to mobilize people. And that is what we have studied 
and looked at and said, what are some elements of that that should work to increase the power of the solar user? And um, so that's what we're talking about. Well, absolutely. I mean, customers are investing a lot of money in this technology to better themselves financially, to better, you know, the the environment. But when you have all these then organizations set up almost working against them, you need then organizations like yourself yeah. to, to rally for those those customers. So, exactly. you know, I I don't see it at all as being a bad thing. And, you know, sorry for that analogy. <laughs> but yes, no, no I think that it's, it's super important for us to get to that basic understanding. Like someone purchased something and because they purchased it, they're not in some cases able to utilize that to its full potential. Or it's it takes longer because, like you said, it, it you know, policies, whatever things, things get in the way. And, you know, the full, the full potential, the full benefit of going solar isn't seen by everybody as fast as it actually should. So right. I think that's the real conversation. That's, that's right. That's right. And I like the analogy because I think it challenges people to think really hard about what does power mean? And, and, and that power really is what's running this whole thing. And it's utilities power, their entrenched power from a hundred years of being a monopoly right. and the cronyism that they've been able to build with our government um, that got us into a lot of the messes that we're in and how every time somebody goes solar, they're basically digging society out of that mess mm-hmm. um, as well as helping themselves. So to your original question, what do we do that, that's similar? I think the biggest thing that we focus on um, is going, we can't talk to solar users unless they're on our list. And so we want to first encourage every single solar user to join our list in one way, shape or form. And one of the things that we, are, we do a lot with solar companies is we say, look, they're already your customers. Give them an opportunity to know about who we are right? Um, and, and get them involved with us. People can make their own choices. They can opt out of the list. They can, you know, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to do whatever they want. Right. Um, and we also have a really strict no sell, no share policy because that's another one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. um, in addition to just customer service hell is that whole thing. And so we want people to feel like, yeah, your privacy is really, 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 really important to us. Right. But, we can't talk to you unless, unless you're there. And so we are always asking installers and manufacturers and other companies that have a relationship with the end user, email your customers, tell your customers about us, put a brochure in the, in the packet, um, do everything that you can to make it so that when you buy solar, you become a member of the mm-hmm. Solar Rights Alliance for free. And we wanna actually really follow through on that where you could be a member for free forever and that would be totally okay. Um, now we do raise money, we do fundraise. Sure. If you're on our list, occasionally you're going to get an appeal from us. But one thing we always try to make it clear is um, you can do that voluntarily. But, but regardless of whether you do or not, we want you here because mm-hmm. your voice matters, and we need you to be able to talk to the PUC and your legislator and the governor or your mayor or your city council member or your local utility board. And that's the thing that's most valued is you. And yeah. so that's where we need installers' help getting the word out to their customers. Um, we do that in a big way with a lot of installers, but we need a lot more. We have 15,000 people on our list right now. Um, it's one of the best lists in California. Um, but obviously, there's a million people who have solar. So our long-term goal is to have one, two, three hundred thousand people on the list um, who have solar. Who are and when I say long-term, I mean like in three years. So we're, we're moving fast because we don't <laughs> yeah. have time to waste. Um, but um, that's the idea. And then obviously, people are starting to hear about us in other ways, and so they're joining us by just coming to the website and signing up. But I think installers are really the one that have the biggest responsibility here to give their customers the voice. 
And so our installer outreach program and partnership program is probably one of the most important things we do to make sure that we can have the power and the voice to mobilize the solar user. So, yeah, no, and I, I love that, you, you know, you said customers could always, you know, offer help financially, also their voice. In what way can they use their voice? I think that's important to really, you know, clearly identify, like, what can the homeowner do with the Solar Rights Alliance that would really benefit them? Yeah, let me just give you a few. I love this question. And I mean, I got a lot of good examples for you. So um, I'm going to let me give you two, maybe three really, really fast. Um, and I'm going to use the number 2000 a lot because this is where in a local area, 2000 people um, makes a really, really big difference. We've discovered it's kind of a magic number. Uh, a year ago, SMUD, the utility that serves the Sacramento area out of nowhere, basically said, we're going to hit every solar user in the Sacramento area with a 40 to $60 a month charge just for having solar. I remember that. And I do remember that. Yeah. Seemed like a done deal. Um, until I'm sorry, I'm wrong about the 2000 number, even less. Um, over Easter weekend, we worked with the, our partners and our list and over a thousand solar users flooded the SMUD board, which is a publicly elected board mm -hmm. with really, really angry emails. And then the Tuesday after Easter, um, about a hundred people were packed in a hearing room with the SMUD board, just spitting mad about the whole thing. And they canceled the fee. Now Amazing. we have lots of other problems with SMUD that we could talk, take a whole other show to talk about. I and mean, they were really <laughs> off the rails right now, but we stopped the single worst thing that would have just killed the market. And we did it within a week of mobilizing. Fast forward, um, SDG&E six months ago proposed a, to quadruple the minimum bill um, on their customers and they blamed solar. They basically said, solar is making us do this. The PUC makes that decision. Um, over the course of two weeks, 2,500 solar users in San Diego and probably environmentalists as well because we built a coalition with them, um, did a public comment to the PUC and it was probably more than they'd ever gotten on any kind of local issue like that in a long time. And the PUC rejected the fee. Now, I'm not saying that that alone did the trick. There were other groups that were doing work, doing the filings and proceedings and all the kind of wonky stuff. I'm pretty darn sure that the public pressure made a difference. Now, let's just go back one month. LADWP, which serves the Los Angeles area, mm -hmm. um, came out of nowhere and said, to interconnect your solar or battery storage system to the grid, we're going to charge um, a fee now starting at $900 for a small system. If it's got a battery, it'll be $3,000. And if it's a commercial system or something like that, it'll be four, five, $6,000. And they said, that's what we're going to do. And trying to kind of get a handle and negotiate with LADWP staff wasn't going anywhere. Okay, so we said, okay, well, the mayor supposedly oversees LADWP, and the mayor supposedly wants to shut down all these natural gas plants. Well, how's he going to get the extra energy from? He's got to know about this. Mm -hmm. So right. in the course of one day, 2,500 people, mostly solar users, emailed the mayor's office, and then about 200 called the mayor's um, help desks, <laughs> which they got so many calls in that they actually shut the phone down for a little oh, bit because wow. they had to recalibrate. Yeah. And so we're still dealing with LADWP, but they canceled the worst parts of all of that. Um, so they're not charging any fee to interconnect for a battery, which of course makes sense. They've canceled the fee for the interconnection fee for the um, small resi systems. And now we're focused on basically winning the fight because they still want to charge ridiculous fees for smaller commercial systems and schools and that kind of things. So we're going to get rid of that. But we got movement precisely because all those people spoke up and weighed in. And that's just the beginning. We have people out there who are now meeting face-to-face. -face. We're meeting face-to-face -face before the pandemic with their state legislators. Now we're having people do conference calls with them. Mm -hmm. We want to build basically a team of people in all 120 
legislative districts, so Senate and Assembly, a team of people who can regularly go in and have a conversation with their assembly member and their senator about solar and be the local solar liaison. So this is the kind of thing that we're building because all politics is local. Yeah. And your voice from an email to a phone call to a face-to-face -face meeting with your lawmaker, that stuff is how the world goes round. And so few people do it that then the people who actually go and do it uh, make a difference. And if, if you don't know anything about politics, it doesn't matter. Your authentic voice is just whatever you bring to the table because you have an experience that they need to hear. And when they hear it, it makes a difference. And I think with all the noise in the world, and you know, especially right now, I feel like people maybe lose their voice because they feel like they don't have one. And so when you when you tell these stories of these are the people, this is the power of the people that made these things happen. This this is what that this is what encouraged change at their at the local level and at the state level. I think people forget that very often that they have a voice and your voice will be heard and it can really cause a lot of change in the world. Yeah, it absolutely These matters. are some really great examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know, the numbers are big, the numbers are gonna get bigger, but it is that, I mean, it's amazing how a few people with a face-to-face -face interaction with the decision maker can turn the decision maker. Right. You know, because decision makers have a, a, a map that they do in their head where they'll go like X number of emails means something X number of phone calls means something. X number of articulate face-to-face -face interactions means something. And they know that behind all of those things is more people. And so just by showing up and being able to do all three of those things, um, people, your, your voice totally matters. And what we try to do is make it really, 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 really easy for someone who has never done this kind of thing before to be able to do something that'll take them one minute um, that'll, that I can guarantee you will have an impact. And if they want more, we'll then give them something that'll take them five minutes and 10 minutes or an hour or you know a couple of days. Like we wanna give people opportunities to do more if they wanna do more and not do more if they can't do more and everything matters. And that's our message to people over and over and over again. Everything matters. Yes, it yeah. all does. And you even yeah. go so far as to have some pre-filled email templates, don't you? We always do that. And some politicians will go, oh, you know, that's, you know, you wrote that so people wasn't authentic, <laughs> right, which is right. so elitist. Like, it's unbelievable to somehow suggest that somebody just by send, clicking send on a pre-field email template, that somehow they're just acting like a drone. They're choosing to read that. Right. Absolutely. And it, 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 it matches their values. And if they want to modify it in some way, we let them do that. Yeah. We encourage them to do that. Yeah. But if it looks good and it's something that they believe them, that's their expression. And so whenever an elected is saying to me, you know that I hit them back really hard and I just go, you better not say that publicly, bro, because that is just about the most, you know, Soviet way of looking like, you know, benevolent dictatorship world. way of looking at the world. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say we're in a world where like fast food restaurants, you know, everything's about efficiency right. and, you know, like they make the choice to go through the drive through. It's right. easy. It's efficient. They're eating, you know, whatever. So to so we wanna, have an autofill email. Yeah, it's an efficient way to save the world. Absolutely. We're fine. Very efficient. That's right. and, and we tell people. If you can personalize it, do it. And right. you can actually, we'll give you some other ways to create more personalized forms of political expression. Right. It's all good though. Every single thing matters. And, and, and we coach people on how to push back to those elected officials that act like it doesn't because those people shouldn't be in elected office and right. we should get rid of them eventually. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, that could be a whole other show in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so when you're, when we're talking about your membership, who is your membership? How many members do you have in your ranks now? Yeah. And by the way, I want to just, in case some of our, you know, 
hope the folks on our on our list are listening. This is the 21st century, and we really believe that people, you know, they're going to decide how they think of themselves. So I, I want to hesitate to call folks on our list members. Some of them will think of themselves as members, and that's great. Some of them will go, I'm on a list. Right. Some of them will go, I'm just checking it out. Again, we want you here. You know, yeah. whatever you want to call yourself, you're part of the family. Um, if you don't want to be called part of the family, fine. You know, <laughs> email me, send me an angry email. But the point is, um, we want you here. And and to that, your question, about 15,000 people right now are on our list, are opening emails, appear to be engaging in some kind of way. Um, and, you know, our, our goal, like I said, is, uh, you know, in a couple of years, we want to be at about 100,000 and then just kind of keep growing from there. And, um, and so then, and, and, and they're everywhere and they're mostly solar users. So probably about like 90% of our list um, are people that have solar, which is the intention. We welcome people that don't have solar, but support it or are interested in having it one day. And so, you know, that obviously we capture some folks that way. Um, the last I checked in the last like nine months of the 15,000 people on the list, probably about like 9,000 have done some kind of action of oh, okay. some sort. Yeah. That's great. And, and then the rest, you know, are kind of watching and reading and kind of absorbing it and maybe doing things, but I'm just not able to track it. Um, there's about, I, I think about two or 300 people that have done something more than an online action. So they've gone to testify at a hearing. They've made a phone call to a lawmaker. Um, they have met face to face with a lawmaker. And so we have that. And then we have about, um, about 10 what we call super volunteers. And these are the people that are really making the world go around. So um, Lee Miller is an example of a solar user. She lives in Sacramento. She's also on our board of directors and she's coordinating teams of volunteers to send text messages, to kind of get people to maybe pay attention if they didn't get the email, to, to organize phone banks. Um, she does a lot of research. Um, and then she's just also a great advocate of her own to the SMUD board. She lives in Sacramento. Oh, okay. And so she's leading a lot of the charge there. But there's about 10 super volunteers like that around the state. And I didn't, I haven't done a total analysis, but I'm pretty sure we have at least five members in every single legislative district in California. Wow. That's amazing. And so for those who are listening who are not California residents, what would you recommend for them? Would they would they find value in, in uh, SRA or, or would they want to find another organization to join? Well, so first, if you live in California and you're not on our list, get on our list. Yes. Go to solarrights.org, solar first word, rights like the Bill of Rights, second word, altogether.org. It'll be obvious how to sign up. Um, and so just go do that, please. We need you and we need a way to be able to talk to you. That's email is still the easiest way to do that. So just please do it. Swear, we won't sell or share your information. If you live outside of California, check out Solar United Neighbors. I can't guarantee that they're in your state, but they work in a lot of states and they're set up to help people who don't, you know, who, who set up to help anyone in the 49 other states. And so go there, same kind of thing, sign up, um, you know, great organization. We work really closely together um, and you should go do that. So California Solar Rights Alliance, everywhere else, Solar United Neighbors. Great. That's great information. Thank you so much. Um, and so, uh, when you do become a member, uh, or when you sign up for the list, you know, when you become part of the family, uh, what is that process like for those, for those who haven't joined yet? Yeah. So you'll, you'll sign up and at minimum, all you got to do is give us your email and zip code. We'll ask for a little bit more info and then you'll get over the, basically the first week or two on the list, you'll get, um, five emails from us that'll feature different things 
that um, are about us. So there'll be a welcome email that you'll get almost right away. That's just sort of like a little bit about us and gives you some information about what's on our website in case you want to go look for stuff. Um, we'll send you a survey because we want to hear what your experience has been with solar. And also we're always collecting feedback. What should our priorities be? What are the issues that you think we ought to pay attention to the most? Um, we then right now, uh, we just launched then we'll just very quickly, we'll send you um, a petition asking to sign the petition to tell the governor not to cut net metering because the PUC is taking up net metering right now. So we'll send you a petition. Um, we'll give you some information about the consumer guide. So you know where on the website you can go to bookmark and get information should things come up, your inverter goes haywire or something like that. Um, so we'll do a bunch of that over like the first two weeks. Then after that, um, oh, and then we'll also ask you to opt into the outreach team and join the team of volunteers that's helping to just do broader outreach than just email. After that, when something's coming up, um, that you know might be a threat to your investment or an opportunity to mm -hmm. expand your investment or other people' ability to get solar. We'll let you know about it, and um, we'll mostly do that over email. If you've opted into receiving text messages, we'll text you about it too, um, and that's mostly what it is. And sometimes we'll just send plain old information that you might just want—an uh, interesting blog post or an article that we've seen. We try to keep the emails no more than once um, a week, and usually they're more like twice a month, unless something really hot and heavy is happening. And then maybe like once every other month, we're gonna ask you to donate. And um, you can totally ignore those, but if you can give, please do, because um, we are a grassroots organization and um, every single donation helps us keep the lights on, allows us to keep track of what the politicians and the regulators and the utilities are up to. You can give as little as $5. We always say the best way to give um, is to make a small monthly contribution because it keeps our costs down and gives us the ongoing support. Mm -hmm. right. um, but again, if you can't do that or you don't want to do that and you just want to be on the list and get the information, great. We're really, really glad you're here. Well, you've made it super simple and very straightforward and convenient for customers to be involved. And yes. Yeah. And I mean, the cause is just amazing. So, yeah. I think so, too. And I, I think a lot of organizations like what you're doing, where they're asking for help from the community, from the people, because you are, as you say, people powered. Uh, I think it, it can get kind of discouraging because it turns into fundraising every day. Uh, whereas yep. you have something with a little bit more depth, you know, you're, you're asking for help with, with the, their voices as well. I think that's where you have the most opportunity because people, you know, we all know people want to be heard. That's, I mean, I'm on a podcast right now. Everybody wants to be heard. Um, so when you give the people a voice, I think that's the most important. So I love, I love what you're talking about. I'm, I'm just so, I, I mean, I've known about the SRA for a while. I've been at Freedom Forever for about a year and a half now, and I've known about you guys, but I'm so enamored listening to you talk. And I'm so, I mean, there's so many points in this conversation where I've gotten actual goosebumps because, you know, when I hear about the people power stuff, it's, it's just so it's empowering and it's, it's important because this is this is your future, everybody. Like this is this is solar power on your roof. This is your financial freedom, your power freedom. You know, moving away from the utility. This is about you. And so the things that Dave and his team are doing are just so amazing, and they are focused on you as a person, you as a human being, and a resident of this world. So, thank you so much for for what you do. Well, th thank you guys for what you do. I mean, I really am just always the, the solar industry is so cool. You know, and when I go to you know trade shows before the pandemic, you know, I really am just like, this is the best that the marketplace has to offer. This is really like truly unleashing, you know, just all of the ingenuity and the can do spirit yeah. um, in a direction that like, is just nothing but positive for, for the public and for the planet and, you know, for the, just the future of everything that we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, I, just your point, I mean, thank you for, for what you just said, Sean. I mean, you know, the, generally our society and politics, has a way of kind of subtly communicating to people, you don't really matter. 
leave it to the experts. Right. Daddy will take care of it. Yes. You know, and, you know, don't ever let anyone even suggest that that's true. Like you matter, you're, you're, you, you live in a democracy, you're an American citizen. And even if you're not, and you live here, you belong here and you have a right to have a voice um, in, in everything, in the decisions that are getting made. And you have a right to be able to use the, you know, the sun, right. <laughs> which is exactly. free, yeah. and exactly. use the technology. And, um, and we all benefit if we encourage that. And the only way that and power never gives up, never gives himself up. Things just don't happen just by happening. So the utilities are not going to give up their power. They're not going to give up their monopoly unless we insist on it. And so we all have to work together to do that. And every single thing matters. You know, it, it, uh, going back to the people power, um, yes, the membership has a lot to do with this, but when it comes to the industry and, you know, with installers and sales guys and, and, you know, everybody involved in, in getting solar on roofs, what's your advice there? Advice to the industry. Huh? Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, this is not my, my wheelhouse. So, you know, you're getting me into territory where, um, you know, whatever, but I, I just think, you know, I think the best companies are the ones that are putting the customer first. Yes. Um, you know, they're the, and this is kind of obvious, right? Like everyone says this, but it is true. The ones that are, you know, have a people centered approach to the whole thing, um, both in terms of like, how do they reach out? What's the experience of getting the estimate? Um, what's then the experience of doing the installation? What's the experience after that? Um, if a customer is not sure that their panels are working, is it easy to kind of like just get on the horn with somebody and get a really fast response? Um, you know, it, over the lifespan of the experience, is it always, is every system built to be really, really responsive to the person? And um, so, you know, everyone has their part in doing that, um, regardless of where you are, you know, in the company hierarchy. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing, you know, not shockingly, I'll just say is empower your customer to also have a voice. Mm -hmm. So we say the best way to do that is partner with Solar Rights Alliance. Um, we can, we have numerous ways in which we can work with you. And we have lots and lots of content and other things where you can ask your customers and encourage them to check us out. Um, we can make it a, par a standard part of um, when you, when you, when you um, buy a system from a company, we can make it so that becoming a member of Solar Rights Alliance is, is a standard part of that. Um, we have a bunch of different ways and scales with which to give your customers the chance to be able to be a part of what we're doing. And um, I think that's really key too. And if you're not the decision maker in the company, then ask the people that make the decision to consider it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that's the other thing is do what you do as best as you possibly can with the customer at the center. And then after they, you know, they turn the switch on, give them a way with which they can have their voice maximized in the political space. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. See, you started off without the answer, but yet you found it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. You got it. <laughs> we like to hit with the hard hitting questions, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, man, that's, this like is... a, there's a bear somewhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, I, we got a lot of really great stuff here. Is yeah. there anything that you wanted to add? Uh, anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about? Just I'll repeat the website again. Um, it's solarrights.org. Solar first word, rights like the Bill of Rights, second word, .org. Check us out, sign up, you know, bookmark the page, especially the blog and the consumer guide. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, just know that your voice totally matters and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And um, you know, let, let's just work together to um, help everyone get the same kind of freedom and independence from solar that many of you have. And I want to thank you guys for what you do and for having me on the show and the opportunity to be able to have this conversation. 
It's always fun to do this. And then we'll get off the phone, then we'll get back to work. Yeah. I was going to say, and thank you for being our protector. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really, you are. You've really taken on the the white knight uh, role in the solar industry, uh, you know, especially in California. So, yeah, thank you. It's 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 uh, the people are lucky to have you on their side. Thanks. Yeah. Back at you. Thank you. I think on that note. That'll uh, that'll wrap us up yeah. for the week. Um, Dave, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was such a great conversation. I think it's a very much needed conversation. Uh, and I'll reiterate one more time, to learn more about the Solar Rights Alliance and how you can get involved, head over to solarrights.org. And then for anybody outside of California, if you want to check out Solar United Neighbors, you can head over to solarunitedneighbors.org. For everything you need to know about Freedom Forever and the Solar Disruption Theory podcast, visit solardisruptiontheory.com. Also, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and help us share this podcast with all the solar lovers in your world. On behalf of Jules, Dave, and myself, thank you so much for listening to the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.